This is the Yoakum Strike Podcast with Austin Yoakum and Greg Ebosher. I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of man to elevate his life by conscious endeavors. So that's our nugget of the day. Um, it comes from the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by author Sean Covey. Sean Covey is a former college football player for Brigham Young University out in Utah. He is a best-selling author, business executive, a nationally renowned speaker, and an innovator. He's been happily married and has nine children. Um, so needless to say, he's got this whole life thing pretty figured out. And we chose to highlight his book because we feel like it provides a lot of practical, useful information that um, we have found very useful in our own lives. Yeah. And so our, our format here is um, we're going to go through the book, talk about some of the quotes, some of the things that affected us and what we thought were powerful, and trying to kind of try and share them with you guys. Um, and our thought process is to do this every other week, and we'll uh, share a person's stories in their mountain valleys um, with you. And then the other week, we'll go through a book and talk about basically the foundation that that built for us. So we can talk about our own mountains and valleys, and then we'll also share that with other people and go through that. So that's kind of our thought process with our format of going through this book. And the reason we chose this Seven Havoc book is honestly kind of selfish and personal of me is that this book greatly impacted my life. Um, it kind of changed everything around for me. Um, I was recommended this book three times in my life. Um, the first time I was freshman year after um, St. Thomas, I was really thinking about transferring away, and we talked about that in previous podcasts. But it was a, kind of a dark point in my life, and I was recommended this, po- um, this book by um, somebody that I found extremely influential to me, and they recommended this book, and they're like, read this book. It'll help you with your life. It'll help you solve a lot of the issues that you're going on with your head. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I took the book from him, uh, freshman year of college, I'm like, I'll read that, uh, whatever. Um, and and I, I read through page 10, and I, I have the folded bookmarks in this, pa- uh, in this book to where I read to page 10, I folded it up, I put it away, and I didn't read it again. I was a freshman in college, I thought I had life figured out. I'm like, I don't need this book to tell me how to live my life. Uh, fast forward. Um, four years and I was going through another personal struggle and again I didn't I didn't really wasn't really sure where I was going in the direction of life and um, coach Caruso uh, football coach of St. Thomas who again is a big influence in my life um, he handed me this book and I was again and I, I read to page 31 and I have page 31 folded in this book and I was like all right, this is cool. I read page 31. I don't need this book. Um, I can go forward. I have life figured out. I'm a senior in college. Like, I don't need this book. I'm good. I got this. I have life figured out. Fast forward six months, and I went through another dark spot in my life to where I was really struggling again, and I didn't have life figured out. And I kept going through these mountain and valleys of like, I'm successful. I have life figured out. Then I'd really crash. Dark spot successful, I really have life figured out, I've crashed. And it just felt like I never really had my foundation set. I never really had something that kept me afloat through the dark times. I'd put my like trust in the people. I'd put basically my values in the people, things, other successful things. And I went through this dark time and I was recommended this book again by another person. And I was like, the universe is telling me like, Austin, you're a dumbass, read this book. Like, Coach Herm, right? And just, yeah, and it's like, you gotta read this book stop being an idiot put everything down and I, I that night like it was the night of that like deep struggle I'm like I'm gonna open up this book and read it and I read like 100 pages that night and I'm like Austin you're an idiot you, you, you should have read this book all the way through and this this book just breaks down basically that you have to have your principles figured out within yourself you have to have your foundation set and I, I recommend it to all my athletes that talk to me that when they're going through struggles with their, their girlfriends, they break up with their girlfriends and they're not really sure where they're going in life. They're going through struggles to where they value parting and that's who they view themselves as. They're going through struggles to where they're a football player and either they get injured um, and football's taken away from them forever or they're going through football and they graduate and football's taken away from them forever and now their identity's gone. And I give them this book because it breaks down that you can't put your identity in other things. You got to have your identity in yourself. It's got to be something. You got to have pillars within yourself. And that's, that's the seven principles just, they talk about it in here is like, principles are like laws. We can't break the laws. You can only break yourselves against it. So 
these laws are set like no matter what you do in life like these seven principles are going to be there in life if you want to be successful and you can fight these principles all you want you can fight your foundation all you want but all you're going to do is break yourself against these principles these principles principles are never going to break and you're just going to keep putting yourself through these struggles and you're never going to really have that foundation and what really clicked for me is like I was going through these up and down times and then I was a coach and I had people starting to rely upon me um, and I started to think about and in this book it talks about writing your mission statement what do you view yourself in the future going to be and I like wrote down I want to be a father I want to be a great coach I want to be all these things and all these all these things that I wanted to be meant that people were going to rely upon me meant that I'm going to have to like hold people up I'm going to have to help people in their lives and I really started to think about like I don't have my own life figured out how am I going to do this? And this book really like helped me set how to get my own life in like in check. And like now I feel like, and it's always the process, but I, now I feel like I'm starting to get my own life in check and every, all my foundations starting to be set. And it's really powerful to see how I'm actually able to help people and not just like give them like a little piece of advice to like help them then, but actually really start to set their foundation. And I really believe this book is like super powerful in doing that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, hearing how powerful this book was for you, it, it really um, really shows that, that this author has a lot and how powerful this book has been for, I mean, so many different people that I've talked to that have read it and have had a similar reaction to it that you've had. So I'm excited. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah. So the first quote. We are not our feelings. We are not our moods. We are not even our thoughts. The very, very fact that we think about these things separates us from them and from the animal world. Self-awareness enables us to stand apart and examine the way we see things, ourselves, the most fundamental of our effectiveness. It affects not only our attitudes and behaviors, but also how we see other people. It becomes our map of the basic nature of mankind. In fact, until we take how we see ourselves and how we see others into account, we'll be unable to understand how others see and feel about themselves and their world. Unaware, we will project our own intentions on their behaviors and call ourselves objective. This significantly limits our personal potential and our ability to relate to others. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. And this is like talking about how we kind of see the world as we are, not how the world actually is. And this was a big thing for me as a coach is just and just as a person, like being able to open up and communicate with people by being able to almost like take a look at how do they see the world and not how do I see the world. Um, and I think that's something I really struggled with growing up is like being kind of egotistic, being like kind of like trying to be like an alpha male and being like my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And this kind of opened it up to realize like, that's how I see the world. That's not how they're seeing the world. That's not how they're seeing the struggles they're going through. Mm -hmm. And that was super powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's self-awareness is a, it's such a hard, I don't know if you'd call it a habit or a trait to to kind of cultivate, but and it's something that I think everybody can obtain. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm the most self-aware person in the world because I have a lot to work on and I always don't invent my own flaws, um, but I feel like it's something that I am certainly trying to become ever more aware of every single day. And when I do go over my life with a fine-tooth comb, and I look at how I'm acting and and I go over my emotions and I kind of step back and look at my emotions, I'm much more easily able to dissect situations and formulate a plan and overcome whatever whatever valley I find myself in. And I really like how he pointed out that is something that separates us as humans from the rest of the animal kingdom. Yeah, I think that that's really fascinating that we can step back and look at our own thoughts and our own selves in the third person and um, no other animal has shown been able to do that and I think it's something that's helped our species really thrive and dominate um, as we have. Yeah and I think it, it's what allows us to like connect on a deeper level than like let's say animals because we're able to take ourselves out of our own body and like have that like perspective almost and like we talked about perspective with um, Josh Parks and we talked about perspective with a lot of people is just like giving ourselves perspective of our own life, giving ourselves perspective of other people's mm -hmm. lives. And I think that really allows us to come together almost as a race, as a species. Yeah, it's so hard for me. I struggle with getting perspective of other people's lives because, you know, when you have a system that works for you um, and it's been successful and, and 
you see someone going through a problem and you just want to tell them like this is how you can fix this but when you don't have you're not them and you're and just like he says in the book you don't see the problem and you don't see the world through their own perspective and and that's really a lack of self-awareness on your part um, and that's something that I think is really really impactful too in the way you can change other people's lives and go about living your own life yeah and just like the communication factor and like this has helped greatly as a coach and just again as a person is just like being able to realize there's different ways to communicate with people there's different ways to relate to them basically like and I bring it back to like a simple fact just like some players respond well to being yelled at some players respond well to being coddled and just like you as a coach you have to figure that out but I also think it's like relates to like how you relate talk to your family like you know like sometimes you need to be stern and like strict and like sometimes you don't need to be and sometimes you need to be like open and you like you have to realize you have to take that step back and realize you're not your feelings you're not your thoughts in that moment and just take that step back and realize what the situation is like as a whole yeah yeah I think one of the best people I do uh, that does this is my mom so shout out you mom (laughs) you I think you've shown me the way on this forefront um like the patience she has with all of us because we're all so especially my my dad my sister and I we're all so emotional and passionate and aggressive and she's really kind of showed me how to see things for other people's and develop your own my own sense of self-awareness and I think that um your mom's ability to respond relates really well to this next quote yeah going back to the quote um book look at the word responsibility response ability the ability to choose your response Highly proactive people recognize the re- that responsibility. They do not blame circumstances, conditions, or conditioning for their behavior. Their behavior is a product of their own conscious choice, based on values rather than a product of their conditions, based on feelings. And that was one of the most powerful quotes with me because when I look back at my life, I thought the reason I wasn't super open with people, super able to communicate with people is because that wasn't how I was raised. And I, I kind of always use that as a crutch. Our, our family is kind of like the tough loving family of just being able to like, you know, the love is there, but it was never shown, you know, like it, it was never told. Like we never, it wasn't like a hugging family. It was like the tough gritty, like we're going to get after it. We're going to compete that type of family. I just always, and this, this quote really opened it up to me. It was like, that's such an excuse for me to be bad at communicating. That's such an excuse for me to be bad at opening up the people. And I just, in the back of my mind, I always been like, well, that's how I was raised. That's how it is. And it was like, that's kind of BS. And like, I realized that as soon as I read that quote, I was like, Austin, you're using that as a crutch. You're using your conditioning as a crutch. And you totally has the option to change. You totally have the option to open up and communicate and talk to people. And you're just choosing not to because it's easier. And it's 100% easier. Like I, I, being the tough guy and not talking to people and keeping all your feelings in basically is so much easier than opening up and being vulnerable. And like, I know because I've done it before. And like, I think a lot of people talk about like, well, it, it's, it's tough to like keep your feelings in that type of thing. And I think that's BS as well. Like, I think it's tough to show how vulnerable you can be and how everybody goes through those struggles and to actually open up about that and not using it as excuse to like keep it all in. Sure, yes. I think I find myself on the other end of the spectrum sometimes where I keep, I, I think I, I've i gone too much on the opposite side where I kind of let my emotions, I let too much of my emotions, so too much of the time. Um, and even I think listening on this podcast, I hearing myself talk, I kind of get, I get excited about a lot of things very easily, which is a good thing. And you have to be able to show and express your emotion, but it also has to be genuine and authentic. And sometimes if you don't, you have the response you have the, you have the ability to control your response to your emotions and sometimes I think I find myself on the other end of the spectrum where I I'm not disciplining them enough and so I think it's kind of cool to see that you're coming from you're coming from it at one angle and I'm coming at it from another yeah I think that's awesome and I think I think that's kind of true and kind of like what makes us an interesting like yeah. couple in quotation marks <laughs> is that like I mean it's totally true like Greg is very open, passionate, and, like, gets super fired up. And, like, Greg and, like, what I really like about Greg is he kind of gives me the confidence about, like, Greg talks about his problems and, like, what he's going through a lot. And, like, to me, like, when I first met Greg, and it was, like, a week into knowing him, and he was telling me some, like, deep problems. And I was like, 
damn, like that, that's an interesting way to go about this. But like the more I get to know you, like the more I want more of that, you know, the more I want the ability to just be like, here's what's actually happening in my life. Like you don't have to have the tough man screen up. Right. And I think once again, I think that's harder, but I also understand your point of having that balance and like keeping the checks and balance of like knowing when to do that and how to work through that mm-hmm. and who to do it with. Yeah. Because I, uh, sometimes like today, even this morning I was in the gym and I was talking with two guys and I found myself, um, almost like complaining about something. And I, and then when I was done, thank God I had the self-awareness to realize that I was complaining and I, and I quickly tried to like reset and correct and try and make better in the future on things like that. But, um, yeah, that's so. That's and it's good to be people like you who are able to, because it's it's not always good to show all your emotions, because you have there's always there's the dichotomy of there's a time and a place, and so I think it, it yeah it's good it helps me balance me out and you kind of show me the way with that yeah I appreciate and, that and, and Greg and I talk a bunch and like we text a bunch and it, it's kind of funny to see the two different yeah. perspectives of <laughs> and I think I like we bounce a ton of great like things off of each other because we balance each other out like yeah. when Greg needs something to like I don't want to say toughen him up but yeah. you know like a kick in the ass kick in the ass sometimes like I'm there for him and then when I'm being like kind of that dickhead that's trying to keep everything in Greg's like shut up like I basically know this is going on yeah. and I think having more connections like that and like mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with people that are not the same as you and they go I can't remember what chapter it is and we'll get to it in a later podcast but they talk about that is like don't surround yourself with the same exact people all mm-hmm. the time because then you'll never have that like mm-hmm. I basically to make myself feel better when I was going through this is like I either surrounded myself with dickheads or I surrounded myself with nobody. So like it was really easy for me to think that was the right way to go about keeping everything in mm-hmm. and like trying to be that tough guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I hung out with more people like you, it would it would make more sense to me to open up like that. Right, yeah, sure, I, I agree. And I think hanging out with you is, I always get, when I'm growing up, I always just get that kick in the pants from my mom and my dad. That was always who was, if I was ever down on myself, it was always them. and. And I still get it from them, but it's now I see you pretty much every day or every other day. So it comes from you more so now. So I appreciate that. Good stuff. Yeah. Back to the book. Back to the book. It's not what happens to us, but our response that to what happens to us that hurts us. Of course, things can hurt us physically or economically and can cause sorrow. But our character, our basic identity does not have to be hurt at all. In fact, our most difficult experiences come from the crucibles that forge our character and develop the internal powers, the freedom to handle difficult circumstances in the future and to inspire others to do so as well. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Powerful. And I, once again, I love this quote. You want to reread it? it? Reread it again. Yeah, yeah. It's not what happens. I don't want to read this part. Sure. It's not what happens to us, but our response that, to what happens to us that hurts us. And I think that's, again, like you have the ability to respond to your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And they go into it later about, and we'll, we'll get to it next, but it's talking about like when that shitty day at work happens, like you have to have your foundation set within yourself to not have your life fall apart because of that. Like you have the ability to respond to what's happening to you. As a human, like you are born with that ability. And I think a lot of people just kind of shut that off and use the crutches of like, I don't have that, like it's not within me, like mm-hmm. something bad happened to me, my life sucks, you know? Like, and they just kind of... Well, it's way easier. It's way easier. That. It's way easier to do that. Yeah. It's way easier to take no responsibility for whatever's going on. And I think this is, it relates to Jocko's uh, extreme ownership a ton. Mm-hmm. Just whatever happens to you is basically is, is the result of every single action you made before that, <laughs> yes. you know? And it's just like, that's a terrifying thought. It's terrifying, but it, it's, to me, it makes so much more sense yes. because it gives you control. Yes, exactly. When you allow your emotions yes. and allow what happened to you and you put the blame on what happens to you, you lose that control. You lose any control to change. And all it does is put you in a negative cycle of the next time something bad happens to you, it's because your life sucks. And it just goes in that circle to where when something, your your boss yells at you, you can either think, my boss is a dick, my life sucks. Or you can be like, what did I do to get yelled at? Mm -hmm. 
and then you can fix that and you become a better employee because of that and then next time you're not going to get yelled at because you fixed it yeah. whereas if you say your life sucks and your boss is a dick you're going to get yelled at again yeah. because you never fixed that you never became a better employee and i think this is just super big in the world we live in right now is nobody takes ownership right ever i mean it's always somebody else's fault right every single time and this is like what i did is when i read this quote I started to look back at like my failures and I just wrote down what led to that failure. And like, I mean, it was pretty freaking clear to me that yeah. like I caused that own failure. Right. Like I thought in my head, I created that failure through my actions. Right. And like, I didn't see that by all I saw is that failure. And I'm like, shit, that failure sucks. Like my life sucks. And like, I saw that and I was like, that's not right. And then I can't change it. And I look back and I was like, well, look at all these actions, these thousands of actions that led me to that point in my yeah. life. And I'm like, I could have changed that at any point of those thousand actions. I yeah. could have absolutely changed that. And I think more people need to hear that. Like, yeah. well, it's it, not what happens to us, but our response to, that, to what happens to us that hurts us. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very, yeah, you said a lot of great stuff there. I was trying to make a list of things I wanted to piggyback off of, but that was just, was, all of it was so good. The you're talking about the loop and how once you get into the negative loop of of blame it it will carry over because then the next bad thing that happens to you is someone else's fault it's something else and then so there's no change there so what's going to happen there's going to be more negative things that happen and so the loop will repeat itself and then you'll find yourself in this negative downward spiral and it just keeps going and going and going and that i found myself here countless times and i and i mean I, I'm going to continue to try and avoid these loops, but they inevitably happen because we're human. And um, so once you can break that loop of, of the blame and, and shuffling blame on other people, it, it changes your entire life. And, and I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it because I'm not. But when you see what you do wrong, because you are, everyone is all the time you can accept the responsibility and then you can then go out and change what you're doing in order to get the result you want. And that's, and that's such a, I mean, if, if you're blaming, you're never going to have the opportunity to do that. And yeah. so it's such a, it's, it's really the only way I think to look at situations and Jordan Peterson, the only six, the only good way, yeah, the, the only, only successful way, way, the only right. way that's going to lead to anything good because yeah. you can for sure. I mean, we see people every single right. day, live the exact opposite yeah. way right and i mean and we i'm sure i mean there's times and there's points in every single day where i'm looking to blame i mean if i'm being honest it's i think that's pretty much everyone's initial reaction is to is to look to blame yeah it, especially when it's harsh criticism or something really shitty happens i'm always i mean that's always the first that's probably the natural instinct i would say yeah and i think that's where again those emotions and those like yes. you know emotions and nice. thoughts just take over and take that step back and this like like you said like i'm when i say like i don't let my emotions go that that doesn't mean like i get fired up and like mm. i i have like an angry like personality a little bit and to where like when something like hits the pride or hits the ego yes. like instant like and greg i'm sure knows and i'm sure a lot of guys out there know like as soon as something hits that ego you get flames and you see yeah. red yes and all you have to do and I, this is what I try and teach a lot of my guys is like, this is, you got to breathe, right? <laughs> breathe. And I say this to my guys all the time, control your breath, control your mind, control your life. And when you control your breath and you're able to take that deep breath and you're able to get that perspective, you're able to make a choice that won't negatively affect your life. That will lead you to becoming the man you want to become. And again, I talk to my guys about this. Like every single action you make is either leading you closer to the man you want to become or farther away. And when you see that emotion and you see that red and you just let your emotion like take over and you make that stupid choice, you become farther away from the man you want to become. Mm -hmm. And it's because all I, and I just say breath because I think breath brings you back to the moment. It allows you to take that perspective and whatever works for you guys. Right. But I tell my athletes all the time, control your breath control your mind, control your life, take that perspective, make that choice based off what your principles are, what kind of man you are, and then change your life based off of that. Right. Yeah. I love how you said you started going talking about the ego, pride, probably the deadliest of the seven sins and ego 
is is your pride. It's it's you are you believe you're the reason for all your success and for everything that goes right in the world is it's part of you. And then when something happens that's negative, it's gonna brush that ego hard. Mm-hmm. And and you can either just validate yourself and continue to think and validate yourself about how great you are, or you can accept responsibility and look at what you can do to be better. And uh, yeah, it's it's such a hard thing to do. And I, I think it's a it's a, a super hard balance for people yes. that have a type A personality yes. that want to be successful. Yes. I think it's really easy. Yes. Uh, I don't want to say easy, but I think it's tough for people that are trying to be successful and they're trying to be the man. Yes. But you got to be the man without thinking you're the man. Yes. You know. And I think that's one of the toughest things I struggled yes. with playing football, being like in sports at St. Thomas is like. I wanted to be the man and the only way I thought I could do that is by thinking I was the man and like just shutting everything else out like shutting all the other people out and being like and we talked about this on the back pocket like the the, the fuck you radar you know like just shutting everybody else around you and like letting that ego ride your life yeah and not like taking that step back not controlling your life letting it control you right and then it's just a freaking roller coaster dude like either it works or it doesn't and even if it works like once you get to that top of that hill, like it's gonna freaking crash and it's just yep. a roller coaster and you have no control over it. Yep. And that was one of the scariest things for me is like my success was based off my like internal success was based off nothing that I had control over. It was like I I I, I sacked a quarterback because of ten other dudes on the field and like like all the things freaking came together and I had no control over it. Like I put the work in to get to that situation, but really like you have no control over that situation and my success was peaked and then like you go through the struggles of not doing that. And like, you just have no control over your life at all. And like, I think taking control and like taking that perspective and not letting that ego just freaking fuel everything for you. Everything. Actually, I love this because this is, I think, also another perfect example of how we are, we had a glaringly different outlook about this in college. Because I was much more, I had no ego, which isn't good either. Because I didn't take enough pride in what I was doing and I didn't, stick to my guns enough when I knew I was right, whether it be in relationships with people, um, with my family, with friends, with other people I loved. I didn't, I didn't take enough pride and belief in what I truly knew, if that makes any sense. No, I mean, I, I 100% saw yeah. it. And I think we talked yeah. to each other like a lot about, about this. Yeah. And a lot of times it was like yeah. a little bit heated discussions and <laughs> yeah. football is like, yeah. Greg would tell me to like, chill out, chill out. And I would be like, Greg, you need more of this energy. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think, I think that's one of the best things we're doing right now is like trying to balance ourselves out. And I think we do a nice job of this together, but like balancing ourselves out in our own personal lives of bringing ourselves either up or down to the level that we need to have to control our life and like have enough pride and like passion in ourselves that we're able to succeed, Mm -hmm. but not allowing that pride in ourselves to take over our lives and turn into that ego that runs it, you know, because I still believe you need to be confident and you You need to have, you need to have that foundation and something set in yourselves, Mm -hmm. but you can't let that take over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's perfect. I really love how that, it's very interesting how this is playing out the way it is with uh, how we were different and yeah, and how it works now. It's really, really cool. I think and we were both young idiots <laughs> trying to change that and help other people change that through that. But back to the book. Back to the book. Many people wait for something to happen or someone to take care of them. But people who end up with, with the good jobs are the proactive ones, who are solutions to the problems, not problems themselves, who seize the initiative to do whatever is necessary consistent with the correct principles to get the job done. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just, this is one thing that's like, again, completely changed my thought process in this book. Like it, people don't understand like how much just shifted my mind. It's just like, I need to stop focusing on the problems. And like I saw problems all over mm-hmm. and I complained about those problems. And I was like, people around me are going through these problems. I'm like, dude, just like, shut up. Like I'm sick of listening to these problems. And like, all I was doing is seeking problems and like spreading those problems. And it was like, it flipped in my head. I'm like, I got to start to solve these problems. And I think that's one of the like biggest things business wise, like life wise, anything that I started to do is like, when I see these problems now, my head thinks, how can I solve this problem? How can I go and attack this problem to really help somebody's life? And that's like people's problems 
they're going through them like they're struggling and you have the ability to help them with that struggle even if they're not going to listen to your advice like you took the action to do what you could do to help them you know and you just even if they don't listen because i talk about like well yeah but what happens if you're talking to somebody that's difficult somebody that's stubborn it's like you still did what you could do to help them you know right. like you did your job yes. like you can't you can't fix somebody's foundation we talked about you can't lay somebody's brick for them mm-hmm. you can only help them lay that brick you can only talk to them about laying that brick you can only talk to them about taking that step but you did it and you didn't just be like that idiot doesn't know where to put that brick you know mm-hmm. and like just leave it there mm-hmm. and i think that really helped and like because one of the biggest things with me was like i was sick of people complaining about how bad their, their lives were and I, I, we talked about it. I was like, I'm sick of people talking about yeah. how they had all the resources in the world and they would tell me that their life sucked, basically. And I would look and I was like, bro, like I've seen, I've seen people in way worse situations than you, like shut up. And that's all I would tell them is like, stop complaining. Yeah. And that's where the conversation ended. And that, I mean, I think there's a part of that. And I think, but now instead of telling them to shut up, basically, I want to give them that perspective that I have. And like, I started to realize like, people don't have that perspective that I saw. Like when I see those people that are living paycheck to paycheck and like literally like your family depends on them. Like there's people that have had resources their entire lives and it's not their fault that they had resources their entire lives. They just, they haven't seen that person live paycheck to paycheck. And like Coach Herm said, like people see people with cancer and like he had cancer and he was talking about like he hadn't seen people that were actually dying in front of him and like one of the biggest things with him was like seeing those people that were dying in front of him and getting that perspective and like i don't know just i needed to focus on showing people giving people some action steps doing something for them instead of just cutting the conversation off and like ending it there mm-hmm. yes i think you you've gotten better at that exponentially in the last i think year um, i've seen a lot of growth with you with that i think another person again I hate to keep bringing this up, but my mom, whenever I'm struggling with an issue, she she sees the light at the end of the tunnel much mm-hmm. clearer than I can, um, and I and I always know it, it too. The truth is like a force of nature, you know, it is, and you always know what's right and true, and she's always able to kind of meet me where I'm at in the pain and the suffering and and the upset and why I'm upset, and she kind of like is able to acknowledge that and empathize with me on that but at the same time show me that that's you can't stay here like if you stay here that's sinful that's that is going against what the lord wants for you um that's going against what the world needs of you whatever you want to call it um and she is able to show me that way out of the tunnel and i think that that's earlier how we spoke about self-awareness um that is something as a skill that I hope to continue to develop and I've seen you develop it and it's it's being a problem solver and that's I think that my mom is a great problem solver and how she's able to do that is really really fascinating Um, I I love that point that you brought up like the empathy and like you talked about meeting them where they're at I I think that's I freaking love the way you put that because it's like I I I'm a big I want I don't know optimist basically like I always see that light at the end of the tunnel and it's just I don't know. I, was, I, was, I don't know if I was born that way, but it was just like how my brain works yeah. is like, I mean, there's pessimists, there's optimists, there's right. people that they're realists, like they see it the way it is. And like, I see, I always see the light. I always see something like that. And I think that's good for me, but I was never able to see any of that darkness, you know, like I was always seeing the good, the good. And I never saw, like, I could see these people, like, say you were going through a struggle. I could see Greg, like you're at St. Thomas, dude, yeah. like you're successful, like you're playing on the football team, yeah. but I didn't see the struggle. Like, that you're going through internally because I never saw that darkness. And I think one of the biggest things like I started to do is or I'm trying to focus on like your mom, like meeting them where they are, seeing that darkness that's within and like really attacking that. Yeah. I thought that was an awesome way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make another note before we moved on from this quote, um, going back to my other guy, Jordan Peterson, my favorite. Um, he said in his new book, he's got a new book coming Ooh. out, 12 more rules. <laughs> and rule number six is, Notice opportunity lurks or responsibility has been abdicated. I think that's brilliant. Can you repeat that? Notice opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. Mm-hmm. So, so where someone didn't take responsibility, there's an opportunity to grow, to change, to make a better process, to develop character, to enhance the well-being of the world, to... Um, 
serve the Lord, to do whatever you may, your calling in life is, and where the opportunity lurk, lurk, opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. I love, I love the way he puts it. He's so eloquent in his words, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the book. Each puts the responsibility on the act. If you wait to be acted on, you will be acted upon, and growth and opportunity consequences attend either road. If you wait to be acted upon, you will be acted upon. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, I mean, you either take that step or you don't. And if you don't take that step, somebody else is taking that step, dude. Yeah, that's right. And like, I think that's one of the super powerful. It's just like, we talk about, like Greg and I talk about this all the time is like, the first step to take is a step, you know? Like you gotta act yes. or somebody else is gonna act. Somebody else is gonna do something for you, right. you know? And you're never changing, you're never doing. Yeah. I, I, I love that quote. I love that quote. And I love, um, for all, any of you who don't know, I'm a massive, massive, massive country music fan. Um, one of my favorite artists right now is uh, Luke Combs and he's got a song out where he says, putting one foot in front of the other isn't getting me too far but and it may not feel like it is because it's just steps but those steps are going to be the what is going to what is going to get you across the desert a journey across the desert begins with a single step so when you're in darkness and when you're struggling and I mean this is for me to hear too because I always need to hear this it's those little steps you may not feel like you're getting anywhere but at least you're taking them yeah and, and you're moving and you're, you're moving making a step to better your life and it it's got to be and they talk about this too is like it's got to be set in the right principles like you you have to take the right steps right you know like you can't just take steps farther into the darkness you can't just take steps based off your emotion like we talked about like control your breath control your mind control your life then take that step mm-hmm. you know like control your mind to take that step mm-hmm. don't just let life push mm-hmm. you and move you and i think that's one of the points is like act or be acted upon mm-hmm. like if you're not taking those steps thoughtfully, like you're gonna move around in life and things are gonna happen to you, but you're never acting. Like mm-hmm. things are acting around you, things are acting upon you. Life is happening for you. You're never taking control. You're never doing life. You know, like you're never taking that action step. Right. I think it's just like it just blows my mind because like I think people like and it's like you talk to like older people and they talk about how like they have their regrets and like things happen and like they wish they would have done this and they wish they would have done that and like I think it's because like no matter what you do time's gonna move around you dude like time's always flowing time's always flowing it's happening are you making things happen in that time that's happening in the 24 hours that everybody every single person has like when people tell me like they don't have time I'm like BS everybody has 24 hours dude like you're either taking control and acting and doing or life is happening time is happening for you Mm -hmm. you know like you're not moving forward yeah Yes, Father Time waits for no man. Waits for nobody. Yeah, just is sad, but it's a reality that the quicker you accept, the quicker you can make it work to your advantage. Yeah, and a lot of other people don't. And that and that's how I think in business you become successful. Yeah. In relationships you become successful. Yes. In like any endeavor you're going through, you become successful because you make that action step. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah. The person that's just living, they're in their job and they're just like doing the bare minimum. They're not looking for opportunities. They're not doing something like they're going to get passed up by somebody. The person in their relationship that's just in that relationship to be in it and they're just letting things happen and they're just going about it, saying they're in a relationship but not doing anything. They're going to get passed up in that relationship, you know? Like things are going to happen. you got to take action steps. you got to go after it. Mm-hmm. Time's always flowing, dude. Like tick-tock, tick-tock. It's not stopping. Which is, again, scary. But the quicker you accept it, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And it's so... I love... Uh, I love... I'm not a massive David Goggins fan, but I love how he's he's always saying the fight is always on. Yeah. There's not a day, a moment that goes by that the fight isn't always on. And I think Jocko is a better... I like how he talks about how life is a battle and life is life is a war and every moment of every day is a war where you have a decision to make and and I think it's yeah, that range true with that yeah yeah, yeah. life's a war life's a war that. every decision 
matters and counts and is brings you closer to the man you want to become yeah. or farther away from it yeah heaven or hell heaven yeah. or hell yeah. back to the book but that's the difference between positive thinking and proactivity we did face reality we refa- we face the reality of the current circumstance and of the future projections but we also face the reality that we had the power to choose a positive response to those circumstances and projections not facing reality would have been to accept the idea that what's happening in our environment had to be determined for us. I'm going to say that again. We face the reality of the current circumstance and of our future projections, but we also face the reality that we had the power to choose a positive response to those circumstances and projections. I think this goes back again to breaking it down like you choose how you respond. What happens to you has nothing to do with how you respond, how it affects your life, how it affects your foundation, who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. It has absolutely nothing to do. I think there's nothing more powerful or like open about that is like Coach Herm getting cancer. Yeah. You know, like something that is literally killing him and like it's actually physically like and mentally like draining him, like the drugs and the treatments and everything is like, but it can't change who he is as a man. Like, all it did was honestly open up who he was as a man and made him more powerful because he chose the positive response. He took that deep breath and he realized that like he, ga- he talked about gaining perspective on people that had it worse than him and he has cancer. I, like, I don't know, that's so powerful to me is like no matter what you have, like when somebody yells at you, mm-hmm. when like you, get in a, you, you break up with your girlfriend or boyfriend, like you have the ability to respond to how you react to that, you know? Right. Like, Yes. Don't just let it happen to you. Yeah, don't just let it happen to you, which is so much easier said than done. But it's like that's what you have to do. Otherwise, what's the alternative? Yeah. Let it, let it happen to you, and you get bitter, you get resentful, you get mad, you get you suck. You just you end up sucking, and no one wants to be around you because you suck and you're a loser. Yeah. So, and in one way, one way is hard. I think this is yeah. the hard path, and I think yeah. one way is dark and scary and easy and easy. Yeah. And I think, like, I think the option is pretty clear, and I think yeah. most people realize this, right. but they don't. They don't want to fight the current. No, they don't, because it's way harder. It's way harder, but it's way more rewarding, and it's way less like, like uh, we talked about, like, with Josh Parks all the time. Your return on investment, like your return on investment on responding positively to relate, or like, um, situations that happen to you, yeah. like, is so much. Like, you will never get a big, greater return on investment than that yeah. in anything. Like. Yeah no matter what happens to you you get the choice to respond to that yeah yeah i mean and we're not saying you can't feel sorry we're not saying or i'm sorry no i'm not gonna say that we're not saying you can't feel sad um or hurt or or uh, disappointed or any of those things we're not saying that that the, that those things are like off the table and you shouldn't feel them and if you're feeling them you're weak like that's all part of it man. well I think that's where it goes back to like you're not a, your emotions though yeah like you'll you'll feel that yeah. emotion but again you take that perspective you right. take that perspective breath you take a step out mm-hmm. and then you make an action that's not based off those emotions mm-hmm. you respond not based off those emotions not based off the thoughts that are just shooting into your head mm-hmm. you take them based off what your principles are mm-hmm. who yeah. you are as a person yeah. you know and I think that's something like like you said like you're gonna you're a human you're gonna yeah. feel that range of emotions throughout the day like uh who who is the um person that won the award that was talking about how like a good day is when you like you have to cry smile and laugh like Jim Vavano, i watched that speech the other day yeah and it's just it's a freaking awesome speech but he's talking about like as a human like a great like every single day you should cry you should laugh and smile is that what it was or cry uh smile and laugh yeah. cry smile and laugh something like that you talk about, and I think as a human, you're gonna have those emotions. It's gonna, but it's taking an action step that isn't affected by those emotions. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, yes. Also, another thing that helps me. Um, I mean, I also think a lot of these gimmicks are what we're talking about about all these different ways to view negative situations. They all ultimately don't matter as long as you are doing the right thing to tilt the world closer to heaven not towards hell but either way one little phrase that helps me or helps me picture how I should react in situations is I like to think how someone I want to be I would I would want to be would react in this situation 
and I think that that puts in perspective um, my emotions and how that I'm feeling. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah. Sorry, that was no, kind of ego, I, I, egotistical to share that. And I think, but again, somebody you view yourself that you want to be, yeah. the man you want to become, yeah. the person you want to become. How would he ever take this? Yeah, and every single action you take, like we related to before, is going to lead you closer to the man you want to become or farther away. Yeah. And like, when I relate it to my football players, I'm like, every single action you take in your life is either going to make you a national champion or it's going to bring you away from it. And like, just relating, like, it's going to make you a successful business person or it's going to take you away from that path. It's going to make you a good husband, a good father, or it's going to take you away from that path. No action is too small. Nothing's unseen. Opening doors for people, pushing in your chair, yeah. throwing your trash away. Like, nothing is too small, nothing's unseen. Yeah. It all adds up, and that's like taking the responsibility. Like, those failures, they add up. That deviating from the path of who you want to become, like, it adds up, and like, right. you're going to become somebody else if you don't control it. Yeah. Uh, terrifying, but it's, it's hard. I, it, the, to know what to do, knowing what to do is easy doing it very 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 hard and I think Jordan Pearson talks a lot about this it's like you may know what you need to do but a lot of people are afraid to take the responsibility because they're afraid of what they could become if they actually did it yeah and that's that's um we use this quote is like last week or um I guess it'll be next week with Josh Parks but yeah. talking about like People would rather choose the slavery yeah. of being trapped, basically, yeah. than realizing the potential of who they could become because yeah. it's safer. And when I talk about this on the Back Pocket podcast, is like people love to stay in their freaking bubbles, and like because then they never have to f fail, yes. even though they're failing yeah. every day. You know, like they just <laughs> yeah. don't see it because they stay in their bubble yeah. and they just stay flatlined and they never do anything. And then when they're 80 years old, when they're 40 years old and going through their midlife crisis, they're 80 years old, they're on the deathbed that's when they start to crack and they're like, what if I did this? Yeah. I could have done that, that type of thing. And I'd rather just attack life and go after it now when yeah. I'm 22 years old and fail hard yeah. and, often. And, then, and often and then come up and like succeed and realize that like when I'm 40, I'm, I'm not going to have a midlife crisis because I realize like I did those things, you know, like it's not what if, it's I did that, it didn't work or it did work, yeah. you know? Like, I took the action steps. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm super passionate about because I don't ever want to have that regret. Yeah, it shows. You've been living your life in that regard as of late, so it shows, it's working for you. Back to Back. the book. Back to the book. At one seminar where I was speaking on the concept of proactivity, a man came up to me and said, Stephen, I like what you're saying, but every situation is so different. Look at my marriage. I'm really worried. My wife and I just don't have the same feelings for each other ever that we used to. I guess we don't I guess I just don't love her anymore and she doesn't love me. What can I do? The feeling isn't there anymore, I asked. That's right, he affirmed. And we have three children we're really concerned about. What do you suggest? I replied, love her. I told you that feeling isn't just there anymore. Love her, I said. You don't understand. The feeling of love just isn't there anymore. Then love her. If the feeling isn't there, there's a good reason to love her. But how do you love when you don't love? My friend, love is a verb. Love, the feeling, is a fruit of love, the verb. So love her. Serve her. Sacrifice. Listen to her. Emphasize. Appreciate. Affirm her. Are you willing to do that? In the great literature, literature of all the progressive societies, love is a verb. Reactive people make it a feeling. They're driven by feelings. Hollywood has generally scripted us to believe that we are not responsible, that we are, product of, we are a product of our feelings. But the Hollywood script does not describe reality. If our feelings control our actions, it is because we have allowed them to do so. Proactive people make love a verb. Love is something you do. The sacrifices you make, the giving of self, like a mother bringing a newborn into the world. If you want to study love, study those who sacrifice for others, even for people who offend or do not love in return. If you are a parent, look at the love you have for your child, you have sacrificed for. Love is a value that is accusized through loving actions. 
proactive people subordinate feelings to values. Love, the feeling, can be recaptured. Amen. Amen. Love is a verb. Love is a verb. Love is a decision. And I, this is something that I really felt like blew my mind to me. is because I was 22 years old when I read this book, and I didn't view love as anything other than a feeling. And I, if I'm completely honest, I felt like it was there and then it wasn't and like it was there when people were doing good things for me and like it wasn't when they weren't and like I felt like I was given love when I did good things for other people and like when I didn't do good things for other people it wasn't there and like that's why like I strove for a lot of times to be like super successful in what I did and that's kind of what I was fueled by for a while is like I wanted to please people because then I felt the love that they gave me and like I felt like that's how it was and like when I read this it was literally the first time I've ever heard anything like this is love is a verb love the feeling is a fruit of love the verb like how profound I, I, I just it's so uh, simple it's so simple and it makes so much sense in the rest of like everything else you do in life like everything else leads to something else like don't let feelings control your life don't let emotions control your life dude like take the action steps make it happen and I felt like it's just so crazy to me to think about love and communication with people to be the same exact way but like if you think about it like it makes 100% sense like 100% sense that it it adds up that way you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes I think I remember hearing something similar to that quote when I was a freshman in college and and it changed my outlook on, on, on every relationship I think I have ever now, and how I look at it, and how when you're not feeling like doing something, or when you're not feeling the love you have for a friend, or your your friend treats you, holds you accountable, and you don't, doesn't feel like love, it doesn't feel like the emotion of love you get when you. Have your butterflies in your stomach? Yeah. When yeah. You hug a girl you like, or you know, you're out on your first date and it goes well, and you ask her again. You, you know, that's like you feel that. Yeah. Like, that's easy. That's easy. But it's when your buddy is holding you accountable to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning every day, or when you're um, like earlier this earlier the I think in January, like I sent you my diet, <laughs> and you were like dude that's bullshit figure it out and and i i didn't feel good but like that's love um and love is a decision it's not a it's a, it's a verb it's an action and i also love how he pointed out that in all the progressive societies love is a verb um i think that's just honestly revolutionized the way that society works and how people in the in the latest millennia uh, treat each other and why we have the cultures we do today is because of that simple thought um, yeah well and he, he talks about a lot like in this book too about like divorce and like the reason for divorce basically and it's just because people are letting their lives be run by that emotion and like of course yeah. that emotion is going to run out dude like yeah. if you're not right <laughs> and he talks about that emotion doesn't run out if you treat it as a verb because that emotion yeah. is a response to the verb like that first date that you talked about that it feels good after that first date right. it's because you put in all that yeah. work to get to that first date yeah, you're so you, up, you you're putting yeah you're, you're showering you know like <laughs> doing all the cool things you're looking to plan a great date by you yeah and you're putting the steps you're making love a verb in that case you're just right. not realizing it right. and then you're getting that emotion out of that right and i think when you stop trying and like this is one of the big things with like so true a lot of my athletes is like when I wasn't able to relate to them is because I was like wasn't putting that amount of love into them and like I think now it's super powerful it's like I give them basically everything I have and I think that's why that connection is so deep and like I think that's like our connection with like coach Caruso why it's so deep is because he pours everything into us like he pours that love and like we have that love emotion because he's putting love the verb into us you know like he's taking those action steps and he's yeah. I don't know he's making it a verb I also feel like that's why our group of friends is really good because I feel like we really hold each other 
struggling to find the right words here, but it's, I just feel like there's more to it than just your standard um, enjoyment. Like when you hang out with friends, I feel like for a lot of people it's about laughing, having a good time, which we definitely do. <laughs> we definitely do our fair share of that. But I feel like there's more and, and I think an active effort. Yeah. And we had the active effort for four years together yeah, too, is did. the thing. We had like, I think the more you use love as the verb, the more you get love as the motion out of it. And like, yeah. it's not just like that first date, you know, like the connection on that first date is so much less than like, let's say three years down the road, if you're yeah. continuing to put that. And I think we're, we were put together as a family and like that was the culture that we had. And we really attacked that feeling of love as a verb to try and bond you know and like hold like you said it's it's not easy like it's using love as a verb is not easy it's holding each other accountable you know like and that's tough like when somebody has their hat on and you're yelling at them at the the dinner table to take their hat off to eat and you just look like a jackass and like you feel bad and you make your friend feel bad but like you're holding them accountable and you're acting on them you know like you could just let that slide, but then it's taken away from the man he wants to become, the man you want to become, mm-hmm. and you're not growing together. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is something like progressing forward in life. Like, I want to use with all my athletes, and I want to use, like, with my family is, like, realizing that love is always a verb. Don't just go off the emotion of, like the kids did good, something good for you. Um, the kid had a good, and I think we talked about this yeah. Becker too. The kid had a good lift, you know, like right. he had a good sprint. Yeah. Like, what about that kid that's putting effort into you, but he's hurt and he's in a corner? Like, and we'll get to this chapter, um, and it's basically talking about how you can't base it off what's happening. You know, like it, you gotta value the person for who that person is, not who the actions of that person are, not what that person does not how valuable to the team that person is, but that person is a person, that person is their foundation. How do you value that person? How do you put the love into that thing? Not who they are as a football player, not who they are as your son, not who they are as a business, like that that business person that's doing really well for you and that business person that's not doing really well for you. Like, don't treat them differently, treat them as men, treat them as people, you know, and that foundation. Well, I'm happy we ended with that quote. Yeah, and that's one of the most powerful quotes that I've read in a long time. Yes. And I'm excited to get to, get to have it too in two weeks. And then next week, kind of show some of the habits in Josh Park's interview and, like, yeah. relate it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now, in closing, um, just want to make sure we hit all of our standard points here. Um, Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast again, and please keep the feedback coming. It actually helps so much. Um, We've already learned what we do well and what we could do better from you guys, and even just one text message saying good job. Like I I learned something from that. It makes it worthwhile. So or one text message saying change something. You know, like again, love's a verb. Love us. Yeah, please. And you have no idea how far it goes on our end. How good it makes us feel and not that it's about that but your actions are tilting the world to make it a better place and so keep doing that so in closing um again go f- look for yokum strength gear at ghostfit ghostfit.com look at our buddy josh parks and his clothing lines there he's coming out with a women's line here shortly april 6th april 6th um it's very nice gear it's very affordable and go go give it a look um please subscribe to our buddies are at the back pocket podcast austin was featured on the marketing intern spotlight episode 23 i believe it was released in january it's great material they do great content and if you're a business-minded guy an entrepreneurship-minded guy uh, head on over there and they can hook you up with people and they're more than willing to engage with their listeners and help them out however they can so follow Austin on Insta at Yoakum Strength. The handle is Yoakum Strength. And you can buy an online program through DMing Austin on Instagram. And I'm telling you, these programs are great, man. Like I've used the, a bunch of different online programming systems and Austin's are as good as anybody's, if not better than anybody's out there. 
Um, something I wanted to highlight that I haven't highlighted in the last couple podcasts is he has an exercise index that properly demonstrates how to do each and every single exercise that he has on there. And I haven't, and it's very easy to use. It's incredibly easy to use. And I haven't used a program, an online programming that is that easy. Um, it really makes no excuse. There's customized coaching. You can tell Austin what you want, what you want to work on, where you're at, and your, what your specific goals are, and he can get you there if you're willing to put in the work. And Austin also provides you with nutritional guidelines. Um, and also, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you are looking to buy any resistance bands for resistance band training, look to resistancebandtraining.com. The link is on Austin's Instagram. So yet another reason to go follow the Instagram. And that's it. Keep on your programming. Keep chopping wood. Be grateful.